0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. They still sold their drum
1: heads and guitars with their names. And this was how Cyrus got sent to the school where they told him he'd never be famous. And this was why Jeff. In the letters he'd write to his friend Help develop a plan to get even When you punish a person for dreaming his dream Don't expect him to thank or forgive you The best ever death metal band out of Denver Hey everybody, welcome to well Reporting is Eligible. I'm Paul Noonan of Acme Packing Company and the Shepherd Express. And uh, we just finished making the playoffs and beating the Bears and... Um, all is right with the world and it's all, all it's all good uh, down here in chicago the bears don't know what to do with themselves and so that you know may even ruin themselves for the foreseeable future uh there's nothing to be sad about. It's just fantastic. Uh, so first, to to help us revel in the joy that that game was. Uh, in uh, you, you appear to be in Kansas, home at the moment, Mike. Yes, I am. All right. Um, My name is
2: Matt. You can call me Mattel, Matt. Matt, you packing, coming me to Meme Weaver and General Twitter Rumble Rouser. I have plenty to be sad about. Today was awful for me specifically. Oh so. yeah, like
1: <laughs> in terms of life. Um, personal like living yeah that's a different story <laughs> uh, uh,
2: colorado and kansas got hit with a horrifying blizzard yesterday i was supposed to come to kansas yesterday but the national weather service said you will die if you don't bring a survival kit so i didn't go until today hmm. but half the roads were closed and i high centered my rental car twice Jeez, literally had okay to, literally had to dig myself out with a ice scraper
1: <laughs> well we're glad <laughs> we're glad matt's alive um also uh, helping us out, um, I, we have a special guest this week—a uh, a actual patron of ours. But uh, Tim, I'll let you introduce yourself and, and plug your own podcast. Um, so,
3: hey, I'm Tim Brown. Uh, unlike what Jr. usually says, yeah, we've it, never pronounced—we've
1: never mispronounced your name correctly once. I don't think, ever.
3: Yeah, yeah. A yeah. uh, long-time listener, one-time contest winner. Um, but I I, uh, I usually do a podcast uh, for Tech Hockey Guide called Chasing McNaughton, covering mainly college hockey. If anybody cares
1: to listen, so yeah,
2: Go Huskies! Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like college hockey. I am a Badger fan. I used to have season tickets in college. I caught a puck that was headed for my wife's face, and uh, so uh, I I still have that on my desk somewhere, buried under video games. Ah. So Tim, thanks for thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Yeah, you were the contest winner. You got to go to the game, what, two weeks ago? Is that right? The the Chiefs game. Chiefs Oh that was yeah. geez time flies. Yeah. So long ago. So long ago. Man, I can't believe that was that long ago. All right. <laughs> yep. Um well uh thanks for being here. And um I think we could just th- there's not much like negative to talk about. The only thing that was really negative about that game was all sort of tangential things that slowed it down and weird things that made them not score. But like everybody was good, Uh, especially all the young guys on offense and defense. And um, I think best place is probably just start with love. He had five incompletions, the whole game. Um, He was essentially great in all possible scenarios under pressure. He was three of three. He was five of five when blitzed. Um, He was eight for eight off play action. And eight of those throws were 10 yards plus, um Zach Cruz tweeted out all these splits by the way you should follow him if you don't already of course um and spread it around to every conceivable receiver um Romeo is the only one who didn't really have a catch because he hurt himself on his first opportunity but like literally everybody else on the team had a catch and most of them had three it was great So,
2: so I was watching at Trinity and the owner Matt comes up to me he's like hey what happened to Romeo and I was like I heard he was spitting up blood so I'm pretty sure he's not coming back.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think he Do we know do we actually have a injury report on him? I have a seen... chest a chest. Okay. So a broken rib probably, right? That's
2: um I don't know. There's a lot of things that can make you cough blood. They did say he went to the hospital, right? So then that might be punctured lung. Oh yeah, that
1: could be punctured lung then. Yeah, if he went to the hospital that's that's not good. Um but, you know, um, Romeo is a perfectly good receiver. The good thing about the Packers is they're just so deep at receiver now. <laughs> uh, Bo Melton had another great game. That's two in a, two in a row. Um, uh, like 61 yards receiving, I think, but also a couple nice runs. A really powerful run to pick up a first down. I think I think that was a jet sweep um, where he like pl- plowed over five bears. Um, yes. That was... Phenomenal. it might have
2: been an end around i can't remember yeah whatever exact, the exact semantics of the play it's
1: all it's so complicated with the packers because sometimes it's a handoff and sometimes it's a little pop pass and um who cares like i know the stats <laughs> the stats care, i care yeah. cuz that
2: one time that i had too many bourbons and you and i argued over uh reed having carries <laughs> or
3: catches
1: <laughs>
2: uh
1: yeah luke musgrave had a catch uh a, a pretty important one too uh and i don't like it was just pure and utter domination despite being a 17 to 9 game or whatever it ended up being
2: yeah it was so it was you and i that was talking to bukowski right yes where he was like he was like this was so much further apart than the scoreboard says he's like this is like the one percent of outcomes and i was like yeah you 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 have to populate the end of the bell curve like sometimes you have to you do
1: I actually looked it up. That's how I got in that conversation with Bucco. Um, it's the only game in NFL history where a team scored seventeen points with one or fewer turnovers um, without punting. It's it's never the happened. only one, and yeah. they won. Yes, um, <laughs> it, they were only. Ugh, why
2: do we even pay that Irish guy?
1: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but
3: it's nice to not have to use him in a game in January.
1: It is, isn't it? It was it's crazy that they didn't punt. It's absolutely insane. Um, it was also there were two super fast games. The Carolina game was also over in two forty. Um, I, I like that game. That game in the earliest window it mattered for the Packers. Had they lost, that's one where Carolina we needed an upset from them possibly. And I actually missed that it didn't happen for a long time because I was checking scores and it wasn't there because it was at the bottom cuz it ended like instantly <laughs> half of yeah. uh, so half
2: of the Titans game or half half of the fourth quarter for the Titans game was left when that game was
1: it was it was crazy uh, but it was we- crazy
3: a lot of the games were really fast this week period like and i i saw a tweet somebody was like it's amazing how fast the games can be when only half the teams playing care <laughs>
1: And the refs, too. I think a lot of refs were checked out this weekend, too. Um, the Packer game, uh, the refs didn't really... No, well, that's not true. They almost did determine it, actually. Um, but it, it was a rare, bad, officiating game where nothing gets called. Um, did
2: you see the the ball placement on the, on the Packers' halftime drive? I did not. Okay, so the, the ball was supposed to be no. placed on the 49-yard line, and the ref placed it on the Bears' 49, and then he ran away and then ran back. And then put it on the Packers forty-nine, and then ran away again. It cost the Packers like six seconds.
1: No, so if, I did not see that. He that actually put it at the
3: fifty first, and then somebody yes, must uh, have told him it's supposed to be on the forty-nine, yeah. and he put it on the wrong one. Yeah, yeah.
2: So that cost five or six seconds, and it is actually would have been enough for them to spike it after the wicks.
1: Oh up. man. <laughs> That that was it, so. That play I think was correctly called, but it was still infuriating because of the Chiefs game. It, uh, it, I hate yeah. ref hypocrisy, and it it's annoying because it just pops to your mind instantly. Like, hey, we we didn't get that call the last time it happened. Come on, uh, they were the refs. Refs were bad. Didn't cost us, but um, you know, definitely kept the Bears in the game. And I I do so. Um, I don't think the NFL is above. Um, especially selective video releases and <laughs> the the drop the drop by um uh, by dj moore that was overturned or i guess it wasn't overturned they called it It was confirmed the, confirmed it was confirmed <laughs> um if you go to nfl plus which has the official game replays um that uh that replay is not there it is cut out of the game uh, it, it just goes to the next play instantly right when he's about to cradle the ball in. You cannot get a high <laughs> you, mean, def- you
2: mean when the ball falls out of his hand, hits the ground, yep. and then bounces back up into his face? It's cut before the, that, actually. The, the you, definitive you, thing that yeah. shows that the ball hit the ground and yep. he didn't actually maintain the process it of the is, catch? It
1: is not there. They have not put it back. I went to see if they put it back when they posted all 22. They did not do that. <laughs> oh. Yep. <laughs> So that's it's so fun. weird
3: the way that went down that they were like, "Oh, this is going to get reviewed." They immediately went to commercial, showed us like two quick replays, and then came back and we were like, "The call stands." Yeah, and they didn't dig into it at all like they normally do. Didn't talk to the their resident official or whatever, any of that, and they just let it stand and acted like no big deal.
1: Yeah, and no questions about that one after the fact either. Just a bizarre bit of circumstances. Um that and the chain measurement thing too. Like where he didn't even bend down to look at it and like they just gave That it. happened
3: twice on Sunday, because it happened in the Vikings game too, and then it almost happened in the the Dolphins Bills game. The same thing happened, but they actually called it not a first down in that game. Jeez. So all right, let's do, do
2: you guys want to hear my conspiracy theory about sure. that game? Yes. So I was originally not supposed to get the Packers Bears game. And uh CBS was gonna show the Kansas City uh, was it Chargers? I have no yeah. idea who the kid who, who they played. <laughs> yeah, so it was it was you know backups versus backups, right? Um, CBS flexed the Packers game to a much larger audience than was originally going to get it. Um, a couple hours before kickoff,
3: <laughs> probably
2: once they saw the inactives for the Chiefs. Yeah, and no. uh, so I you... think they wanted to keep the game interesting for the now <laughs> larger audience. Yeah. Maybe uh, because if DJ Moore doesn't make that catch and if the refs don't screw up the other times, the Packers win going away. to three. Yeah, like yeah,
1: it's true. It's true. And it is weird to not have any penalties. Uh, I mean, there was one, I think it was like a false start or something. That's right. Right. Yep. One penalty. The first the penalty was on on Gary. The... Yeah. One penalty. Yeah, for It was five... outside. Yes, that's. They got they even got that wrong, right? That was a that was a <laughs> false start that they botched, right? Yeah, the left so, tackle but, uh, false okay.
3: started and they missed it because Gary rushed on the other side.
2: Yeah. Yes, Gary also moved first, but he did not enter the neutral zone until the left tackle had already started moving. Right. So, like, it should have been a false start. All right. I, but you know what? We sound like Bears fans. We do about the refs. We <laughs> won. Who cares? We, we overcame.
1: <laughs> so that's that's why we can be, be I think a little confident that we're actually a good team. Uh, You know, when you're sort of an average team and you have games like this, they tend to be those like kind of coin flip one score games that you lose. And instead, we like still just beat the tar out of them, despite having quite a lot go against us. So um, I'm actually kind of pumped for this one. Like, yeah, we should (laughs) have won 40 to six or whatever. But um, the fact that they were still not really in any danger, despite having quite a lot go against them. Like now, now I'm like overly confident. Now, now I'm like, we can take on the world. This is great. Um, do you know
2: what the spread was?
1: Uh, two and a half, right?
2: Yeah, it opened at three, yeah. ended at two and a half. So that means that the line moved in the Bears' it favor. It did, it moved
1: in the Bears' favor. Um,
2: and the Packers, Packers beat the Bears by eight and the refs by 13.
1: The narrative down here on the Bears was totally all about the trenches and that, oh, you can't really hold this against Justin Fields, that he couldn't get any blocking all day, like he was under pressure the whole time. And same thing on defense, or you know, um, that they just uh, they couldn't get any pressure on Jordan, and so you can't really blame anything there either. Just um, they're they're in total denial about um, Fields, at least on the radio and in the news media. (laughs)
2: Well, the my favorite part about Receipt Monday was uh, how people were pulling receipts on the Bears. Upgraded their offensive line so much this offseason. Yeah,
1: and they did. <laughs> like it's just that they were all, they were one of the worst ever to you know just normal bad. And that's <laughs> that's, what, that's what they got. Um, we should Any, talk. Anytime you can quit
2: being generationally yeah. bad is an improvement.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I also think we're spending a little more time on just all the rookies that just kicked ass in this game because. Uh, the, uh, if you listen to the mini pod last week, we mentioned the Bears' biggest weakness is slot receivers. Jaden Reed, uh, four catches, four, four targets, 112 yards, two giant catches, uh, absolutely torched them. And Dontavian Wicks had a two-touchdown game. So um, we got... And Tucker Craft also. Um, the three for 31 doesn't look good, but two of those were long third-down conversions for first downs. And he just Malls people. He's fun, too. All the rookies were great. And then on defense... The rookies were great too, um, especially Carl Brooks, who just ate up that interior. Uh, I, I'm so happy that he and Clark like played this game together. They were so good. But also, was it was it Wooden like playing edge at at times? Uh, I think he got in a couple a couple snaps. Yeah,
2: yeah. Like, and I think he and, and Barry had a splash play. Where the heck has he been for the last?
1: Yeah, I'm always whatever. surprised when he's on the field now, but he definitely got on there for one. I thought Van Ness was excellent. Um he started the game at edge and he immediately like didn't lose contain on Fields like four times in a row. And like just pushed his guy like to the back of to like to Fields back shoulder, always keeping him so that he had to step up into him. It was like a thing of beauty. And
2: Wyatt also just absolutely massacred fields on a blindside hit that was cool
1: <laughs> it was cool
2: you know what was not cool about that play what's that uh Devondre Campbell with a four-yard head start got stonewalled uh, by a rookie running back that was annoying
1: <laughs> he had a bad game that he is not good he's... he has it's now that... the olds man now you that Eric help. Stokes is, is gone I want I want him gone too he's a liability Carrington Valentine also had, like, the best pass breakup of the game, although he did get torched at first. But had the speed to make up for it.
2: Uh, should have caught it.
1: Should have. Should, it was a little awkward, yeah. Should have definitely caught it. Uh, right in the numbers.
2: So, a very drunken Tony Romo goes, this play should have either been a touchdown or an interception. What happened? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I do still like Romo. Although I, miss, oh, I I'm the I'm the only
2: I thought I was the only person that actually likes Romo. But.
1: I miss hyper analytic Romo um when he used to like call things in advance and stuff like that. Drunk Romo's just yeah. fun but not as fun.
2: Yeah, well Romo is you know word on the street is he's six coronas deep before halftime.
1: Oh yeah, I mean it's it's not hard to tell. He <laughs> it's, it's out there for you. Ah. I don't know. Anything else to to praise on the Bears game? I just feel like it was a party the whole time. I I loved it. I really liked how
3: they used Quay a lot, kind of as the spy, he, yet kind of doing like a run rush but keeping contain.
1: He was good. I actually watched some Quay today. He was uh, very disciplined in sticking with fields, yeah. not letting him get away and outside, and haven't seen that in a while. Um, that's uh, That was a very, very good Quay. – usually Quay's kind of flying all over the place. He is famous for getting himself out of position, and he did not do that at all this game. So, yeah, he was excellent too. All the young guys up front, not just the rookies, I'd say, were, were good. Gary's getting surpassed a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> what is the giggle? <laughs> it's just funny. That's all.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, Guy it, gets paid and then suddenly isn't good. That's not like that's ever <laughs> happened before, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Never at all. He, did he get one in this game? He didn't, right? He got uh, shut up. Nope. Quay got one, Carl got one, Kenny got one, Van Ness got one, and Devontae Wyatt got one. That's it.
2: <laughs> Kenny Clark's over under for sacks this game was 0. 0.25. And I was like, oh, he at least got a half sack. And then they showed the replay. And I was like, oh, that was only Kenny. Yeah. Like, oh it's, my
1: God. It was. <sighs> All right. Um, shall we talk about next week and Mike a little bit? Because Oh, yeah. Um, well, it's like anything, Paul. It's it is. It's football. Um, and uh, I I've, I've, I read all your your mic stuff, which was great. But I okay, the
2: comment section did not appreciate my dude McCarthy. You can't write
1: for the comment section. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I
2: said, I said Christian Watson has a hamstring, and people are like, "Yeah, he's got two of them. What are you talking about?" I'm like,
1: "Come on, man." Comment sections are weird. Like, uh, am <laughs> always surprised there's anybody in there now? Uh, I guess it's probably better than being on Twitter, though. So, what? A, who am I to throw stones? Um. So D- Dallas is good, but not unbeatable. They've had a few stinkers this year, and they actually haven't been very good down the stretch. They've uh, only put up major points against some of the trashest defenses in the league. Uh, I believe the the last game the, the, on Sunday they played Washington, right? They lit them up pretty good. But uh, Washington is a absolute trash fire on defense, one of the worst defensive teams in the league. That doesn't count. Um, <laughs> and uh, they put. I'm
2: I'm, I'm going to put a lot of faith in your your analysis here, okay? Because you said that. All the bears have been "quote unquote" like good yeah. on paper. They've only been good against really bad teams, and that showed itself this week. So I'm I'm putting a lot of faith in this. They were good analysis. against the, they
1: were good against the Lions too, and I think that's probably a halfway decent comp because the Lions, um, they, they uh, lost to the Cowboys, of course, in the Decker game, twenty to nineteen. That was only a twenty point game against a bad Lion defense two weeks ago, and. Uh, The Cowboys put up 20 on the Dolphins of the week before that. Again, not a great game. Um, And they lit up some teams before that, but it was the Eagles who are awful on defense, as it turns out. The Seahawks, who are even awfuler on defense. And Washington again. Um, So I think there's a little bit of fraudulence there. I also think the Bears would have been a lot better in this game had they had Jalen Johnson. I think that hurt them horribly. Um, Just to go back to that a little bit. Um, The Bears tried to blitz Jordan Love early to get pressure on him, but Jordan, being the cool customer that he is, um, read it and went right after uh, Jalen Johnson's backup. And they basically stopped blitzing after that. Uh, And, you know, that's a huge weakness for them. It's a huge downgrade. He's their best defensive player. So the Bear defense was not good in that game, but they were missing, like, their best player. So there is that, too. Injuries happen, but
2: also, Jaquan Brisker was not his usual self.
1: He's not good. He's the <laughs> he worst. okay. He's okay. He was okay this year. He's okay. He's just okay, though. Um, but, but so Dallas is good kind of across the board. Their DVOA splits are pretty much all good. They're good against number one receivers. They're good against number two receivers. They're good against slot receivers. Uh, they are actually weak against tight ends. It is their big weakness on defense. But they have, uh, as an offensive unit, they're really top heavy and really one dimensional. This is very much a Mike McCarthy, Aaron Rodgers, Devonte Adams team. It really, really is. Like C. D. Lamb is kind of their whole offense.
2: Well, uh, I would say that's more of a Jordy offense then, right? That's fair.
1: Um, although Jordy usually had another guy for the most part, right? Like either Cobb when he was still kind of in his. Well, so I'm,
2: I'm thinking that like was it twenty? When did Jordy tear his ACL? Twenty fifteen?
1: Uh, yeah, I think it was twenty fifteen. Like that team was awful. They they were awful. The Cowboys aren't awful.
2: Um, no, but I'm saying like like take out Jordy. That yes. team was awful. Take okay. out C.D. Lamb, and I think the offense
1: grinds to a halt. That is correct. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, he is everything to this team. Uh, their second leading receiver is Jake Ferguson, who none of you may know this, but he's Barry Alvarez's grandson. Um,
4: <laughs>
1: that's uh, um, after that. It's it's like it's Brandon Cooks who. He's, you know, he's good. The, the mercenary is always not a bad guy to have. But 54 catches for 657 yards, he's not great. And then it's just a bunch of guys. Um, so nobody scares you on that offense. Like, Dak's good. Dak's fine. But he's, you know, not one of the elite quarterbacks in the league. He's having an excellent season. CD Lamb is very helpful. But I, I feel like Mike does turn into a pumpkin a lot in the playoffs. I think I think we have a pretty decent shot here. Um I am feeling probably absurdly confident in this. Their defense is good. There's a lot of stars on it, but like our offense has been so good lately. I am I'm, I'm I'm stupidly optimistic about this. I don't know. Do you, how do you guys feel about this this matchup? My
2: my vibe is uh we knock Dallas out of the playoffs and then we go to San Francisco and get our teeth kicked in. Yeah. That's kind of how I'm <laughs> I'm predicting the next few weeks.
1: That's kind of how I'm feeling and I think that's quite possible, but um i i kind of feel like just on our like the packer offense i feel like is real like they're actually a top five offense and so while the dallas defense is a very good defense like this is not a, this is not a case of a wild card who has just snuck into the playoffs going up against a juggernaut i think this is a uh, the packers are fairly like the second half versions of themselves where they're actually an offensive juggernaut going up against a defensive juggernaut. And that's not a sure thing at all. Now we got Joe lingering on the other side, of course, but they've, they've been okayish over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> well,
2: you know what they did against the bears that they don't normally do?
1: Uh, Oh, what? No, they
2: ran a ton of man. They did run a so ton much. Of man. Man. Yeah. Basically every sack came on man coverage.
1: Uh, So maybe there's growth. Who knows?
2: No, it's just we're at the point where Joe's letting the players yell at him again. Happened last year, too. (laughs) Because Jair was like, run more, man. Yes, sir.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's true.
0: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is
1: i'm looking forward to this i think it's going to be a blast um shall we do our many 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 questions
2: ike you are not uh underselling the amount of questions you people
1: (laughs) we set a record every week and we did this week which is not surprising because this is exciting um good team playing with house money but yeah uh as always if you want to ask a question uh, patrons get question priority you can become a patron at patreon.com slash Um that gets you priority on the baseball pod too should you want that uh, two bucks gets you question priority five bucks gets you an extra podcast that being the mini pod that i always talk about uh, it also gets you an extra baseball podcast um, the minor league extra with james anderson of rotowire and ryan uh, so go check that out and, uh, yeah, let, let, let's do it. Let's knock these out. Matt, would you like to be JR this episode? Uh, but, uh, Tim's JR. Can Tim read him? <laughs> Is that what I'm here for? Okay. Uh, <laughs> You've been drafted. Let's give it a shot.
3: All right. We'll see how, we'll see how my reading skills are. I was an engineer, so I don't know. Uh, Matt pa- Podscarby. Oh, I'm, I'm, I did start. practice all the names. <laughs> off to a bad start. Yep. Uh, uh, rank the following pass catchers from best to worst Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks, Bo Melton, uh, Malik Heath, Luke Musgrave, <laughs> and Tucker Craft.
2: So, the whole team, all right. I mean, Heath yeah. is last, right? Like, I think
1: so. Yeah, Heath is last. I agree with that.
2: I go Wicks, Reed, Watson, Dobbs. No, Wicks, Reed, Melton, Watson, Dobbs. Ooh. Oh, I forgot the tight ends. Uh um... yeah. They're <laughs> they're they're
1: on the second line all by themselves. It's easy to miss. This is them. So
2: okay. Uh, Wicks, Reed, Melton, Kraft, Dobbs, Musgrave, Watson, Heath.
1: I think you have Watson too low, even with the injuries. Um uh, but
2: I'm just I remember him doinking in the face like Jeff Janice. So
1: it's yeah, I'm <laughs> okay. Fair. Um I, I agree so I'm on board with Wicks. Um, I'm on board with Reed second. I think that's still a little high on Melton. I will go Craft above Melton, and I think I'll go Watson ahead of Melton too. Um, Wat- Melton has two good games, which is two, which is good. It's better than no good games. But Watson actually has quite a few good games, and maybe we'll. Oh, win I'm,
2: again. I'm doing this literally as as catching of passes. Oh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> <They're> <laughs> pass catchers. <laughs> I am rating their catching of passes. I was just rating them <laughs> in terms of how good they are. <laughs>
2: see mark you gotta be more specific here man
1: well you get two two different <laughs> metrics then um so um let's see uh, uh watson melton dobbs uh musgrave heath i guess yeah i guess i, I like that but that, a lot of those guys are good so that's okay it's a good group. I,
2: I think that you have a guaranteed one and two and then there's like a lot of minutia in the middle there. Yeah,
1: agreed. With a lot of different skill sets. You know, a lot of those guys do very different things. Like Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson couldn't be more different, but both have value doing various things. So But Wix is the best. Wix like he he moves like Devontae Adams. He just does like every time, every single game. He is just smoking people off his release. Did you
2: see the side-by-side of the slant? Yes, it's insane. The it's crazy. <laughs> they look the same. They look like the
3: same guy. We've had a lot of deja vu with this team. I mean, look how much love looks like Favre on some throws and Rodgers on others, and
2: yeah. it's just crazy. Speaking of, what was with that like weird, like the almost
1: intercepted, wobbly floater
2: did did his arm get hit what happened
1: oh you know i meant to go and look at that and i didn't and i um it sure seemed like his arm had to have gotten hit on it but it was uh, the
2: worst pass i've ever seen him throw yeah
1: yeah he was lucky on that one could have easily been picked off
2: i think the only reason i didn't go back and look more was because it wasn't picked
1: (laughs) (laughs) yep all right one down 31 to go
2: (laughs) patrick Detmer. you got to do it with the impression here, Tim.
1: I'm. I'm gonna try. I
3: have four <laughs> questions. Playoffs. Don't talk about playoffs. Playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs. There. How's <laughs> that was that? really good.
1: It was good. <sighs> Can't really answer that. I guess the answer is yes. Oh, except for, uh, uh, except for the you kidding me. No, that's no. Yeah, that's, <laughs> in it's...
2: in the pantheon of football memes, that's one, two.
1: Did anybody ever stitch it together with Iverson talking about practice? Is that a thing? Yes. Okay. Um,
2: specifically, the uh, DJ Steve, what the heck was his name? Um, he called it Press Hop. So if you go to YouTube and look up a song called Press Hop, okay. he made a song out of that. He also added in Ocho Cinco and uh, Tio.
1: All right. Got it. I was, I was like, that has to exist because it's so obvious. But if it doesn't, we should do it. But it does. So never mind.
3: All right. I guess the only thing I have to say about it is how crazy it is that we got here from where we were in like October.
1: <laughs> it, it's <laughs> insane. We were three and six, and we didn't have Aaron to spell relax or any of that nonsense. So around the table. <laughs> Just did it. Everybody improved. I can't believe everybody improved. This is going to be such a great season to like look back on in the future too, when we have future young teams and people will say things like, "Oh, we need to sign a veteran receiver." Like, nope. 2023 no you don't no you don't don't do that um the young teams uh, do you really think they're all going to come together 2023 uh dang it it's going to be fun i'm going to use this season for ammo forever i love it
3: all right jonathan deal i'm not someone who believes in fate or superstition but the parallels between the start of love's career and rogers their stats team success and now love is facing his predecessor's old coach and team he's owned Uh, This seems a little too storybook to be more than coincidental thoughts. Sub-question, where does this year rank in terms of overall enjoyment? Uh, For me, it has to be up there with 2010
2: and 2013. I think this is a, for me, 2010 was a big roller coaster, and that's kind of what this has been. So I'll put it there.
1: Yeah, um, I think it's been super enjoyable. And yes, there was the down point, but uh, this was always like a low stakes year from the beginning expectations weren't that high so um what they've achieved has been i think super fun and the downsides have been mostly learning experiences i put it super like this is uh, it's not completely there with the super bowl year but like except for the super bowl it's kind of on par like i feel like we won a lot this year like not just not just games but like we just won a lot of good personnel battles and growth and development and aside from love's development just there's such a strong foundation for the team they should be good for quite a while. <laughs> um, yeah, love is that
2: dude. Like he really is.
1: That he is. Um Ugh. but it is coincidence, yes. And it, it's not so uh I appreciate the, the the fate like framing of the question, Jonathan. But I like I don't like the the whole like Oh, the Packers are destined to always have good quarterbacks, things, and the Bears are doomed. Like, the Packers get good quarterbacks because they draft quarterbacks when people yell at them for drafting quarterbacks. And that <laughs> has been the case for quite a long time now. And, you know, we point out the point said a lot, but when they had Favre, they also had Matt Hasselbeck and Mark Brunel and Aaron Brooks and, uh, like, other guys who weren't, and they had Kurt Warner through for a cup of coffee and other guys who weren't quite as good, like Ty Detmer, but who were still pretty good. And when they had Aaron Rodgers, Uh, The year Aaron Rodgers started starting, they drafted Brian Brom and Matt Hasselbeck. And like when they drafted Jordan Love, they got yelled at for it, even though they draft quarterbacks all the time. And that's why they find them. You can only find them if you've got a bunch of them that come through. And if Jordan Love had not worked out, they would have been in a good spot to draft another one and try again without having lost too much. But he is good, and that's how you had to do it. Like The Bears... Never like they do spend high picks on quarterbacks, but it's only when they're desperate, only when they're in huge need. It's Cade McNown and, and Trubisky, and and Fields is a 10th, you know, he's not even a first. Um, but a lot of the the, the pack, a lot of the the a lot of the bear quarterbacks that they bring through have been like Trevor Simeon in the sixth round or stuff like Like uh, Nathan Enderley, I, I, I'm not going to name off a bunch of bear backup quarterbacks, but it's always <laughs> like afterthoughts at the end of the draft who played at schools nearby. Like, that's the difference between the two teams. <laughs> um, so, yeah, not fate. This is good planning. This is the benefits of good planning.
2: So, I'm, I'm, so I was looking back at the last Packers quarterback who was not um, drafted fairly high uh, in terms of, like, starter. And they picked Mikowski in the 10th round. 10th round, yeah. hmm And he still split time with Randy Wright. How bad was Randy Wright? He was really bad. <laughs> <laughs>
1: He was, all, I mean, he, he he quarterbacked some of the worst Packer teams of all time, honestly. Those 80s teams are awful. Yikes. All right.
3: Uh, so on the, where does this rank for me? I think the one thing that I could add from my college hockey side is uh, it is kind of fun being the team with no expectations and overachieving. <laughs> like, that. that is almost, it's so much more fun than, like, expecting to win and winning it's it's really fun being that team that just kind of comes out of nowhere and and is it when you're not expecting it and that's been the best part about this year yeah. to me
2: yeah yeah I was talking to my boss and he was like hey do you, do we have a chance against Dallas I was like yeah I think we do and then we're going to just get murdered by San Francisco and he goes that's okay and then we both literally at the same time said we're playing with house money like that was yeah, the- <laughs> yeah. This is yeah I do. had a I had a bear fan yelling at me on my tech hockey guy
3: discord about stuff and i was like i don't care if we win this week we made the playoffs like that's that we did way better than i thought we would so yeah. it's awesome
1: it's like kind of the opposite of last year where we still had aaron and we did expect to make the playoffs and be contenders but it was such a slog like it was just uh expectations were just grinding down every week and this is just the opposite it's just such joy
3: <sighs> all right got 10 Woohoo. All signs certainly look good that Jordan Love is the guy. Hopefully that continues. If you had to guess statistically speaking, what are the percentage chance of a football team does what the Packers have seemingly done? Have three franchise quarterbacks in a row without any stoppages or misfires.
2: Well, statistically speaking, they're the uh first team to ever do what they've done yeah. with, in terms of age in the playoffs. So, um let's see, there's thirty two teams the league has been around for <laughs> i
1: like the fermi estimation you got going here this is good
2: (laughs) look man there's going to be uh like i'm gonna have to make a mandelbrot set to
1: really (laughs) i mean it's not so let's first of all uh jordan love is not a hall of famer at this point but let's assume that he is like at least close to that let's let's assume he's just plays at this level for like at least five or six more years quite quite likely more uh it's never happened before so the odds of it are very very low right like we've gotten two hall of famers in a row from a lot of teams we had montana and young we had us um but i don't think anybody's gotten three like even kind of three good ones usually there's some bad one in there at some point so it's like kind of unprecedented right like right so i'm legitimately
2: struggling to come up with like a team that had three good quarterbacks in a row it's uh,
1: it's tough, Washington?
3: isn't it? Kind of hard to come up with any team that's had three, like that good quarterbacks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, like We're, okay, so wa- Washington, they went from Montana to 49ers? No, no, Montana played for Washington at the end of his career.
1: No, I played for Kansas City or Kansas
3: City. Dang it, yeah, dang
2: it. Kansas City. Yep. Yeah. Okay,
1: uh, that doesn't help you. Anyway. Are you
3: thinking like Doug Williams, Mark Rippon, and? Yes. Who's the other one in there? Because there's they had like three different guys in all those Super Bowls yeah, and but the Gibbs, didn't they? None of them but were. But they didn't have the longevity.
1: They didn't. And uh, Mark Rippon really wasn't very good. <laughs> Doug Williams yeah. was, but he was actually better in, in his younger days. He was just stuck on the Buccaneers for a long time and then excluded from the league. Um, and, and like, it's a hard question, too, because you probably should have some minimums of time spent. The Vikings actually probably had this happen. Uh, because they rifled through quarterbacks so quickly. Um, when they had Randall Cunningham, Dante Culpepper, and what like Jeff George and Brad Johnson bookending them, not <laughs> and sure. Warren Moon before well, Warren, Wood, yeah, Warren, Warren Moon, yeah, and Warren Moon there yeah. too. Um, but that shouldn't count. Like that's not real. They were each because it's not year.
3: about it's not about like having that for a decade each, right? Like, yeah,
2: and also like Warren Moon was sixty seven years old.
3: Definitely,
1: <laughs> <laughs> he was. He was sixty
2: seven years old. How uh, many Great Cups did he win before he came to the NFL?
1: Uh, like four. Three. I was going to say, like yeah. he was a monster a in Canada. Yes, yeah. it was a lot. So I think the odds of this happening are like 0.01%. I think this is the first time it's happened in the NFL. <laughs> um, so And it just okay, goes to show
3: how much it pays off to do the draft a quarterback when you don't need one. Absolutely. Right? Yeah.
2: Also, like the uh, draft capital that comes from flipping quarterbacks was very helpful in the Ron Wolf
1: era. Yeah, it yeah. was traded Brunell, traded Hasselbeck. Got a We do we get a Mond Green for Hasselbeck? Is that or was that for Holmgren? <laughs>
2: um, okay, Hasselbeck didn't Hasselbeck eventually become Aaron Rodgers? Isn't that like part of the? What do you mean Hasselbeck by that? Was like Hasselbeck's draft capital was traded for something else that like led to? Oh, I don't know. It, yeah, I think that there's like there's like some. Like six degrees of Kevin Bacon between
1: Hasselbeck and Aaron Rodgers. I'm gonna look this up while you guys are reading the next question. <laughs> We're racing. All right, we should do the we should move questions along though. All right, because man,
3: Evan not Tex Weston. I can't get over <laughs> what Jordan Love and this offense managed to do this year. I'm excited for the Dallas game, but their Super Bowl window really opens next season. Obviously, replacing Barry with a more creative defensive coordinator is the is on is first on the agenda. But how aggressive can and should the Packers be in free agency over the next couple seasons to maximize their chances of winning while the wide receiver tight end rookie are on their rookie deals?
1: Ah uh, so Window does open next year, I think. I mean it's kinda open now, but not really. Um but there's still uh they still have cap consequences next season. And so yeah. um I would say at least for next season, you that doesn't you don't want that to, to make that the season where you go out and spend money to plug holes. Um, I think that's probably a mistake. Uh, 2025, I think, is when you probably want to, uh, you'll have development from all these young guys who are already good. They'll be coming into their actual primes in two years, and you'll have a better idea of what you need to plug, and you'll have the money to actually go get real difference makers at that point. Um, So, I think they'll be good next year, but I think they will not be aggressive in free agency for this season. I bet it'll be two seasons before they really start to hit that. And I, think yeah, that's, I don't really think
3: they can next year. I don't right? think they They're can. Still either. in kind of cap hell, yeah, right?
1: Yeah, still cap hell next year. There's still a lot of Rodgers money to to work off next year. It's not as bad as this year, but it's still bad. Um, so I think that they'll still be really conservative this year, and that's fine. Like they've they've built internally really really well. They can take another shot at fixing holes in the draft and i think they'll be really poised to use free agency to its you know most efficient means uh two years from now when everybody kind of gels together at their a- absolute apex we answered the question before matt found it so ha
2: <laughs> oh no so they they use the draft capital to draft jamal reynolds who then uh, oh. they tried to deal to the colts but he
1: failed a physical oh dear okay
2: but they, man there, there was some like rube goldberg thing about the Hasselbeck trade and it is killing me what did we do with
3: the third round pick we also got in that trade oh the 70 second it. It overall maybe that's where it is I haven't there. looked further because I was reading questions <laughs> uh sky of 21 the Packers make the playoffs Woo. oh I missed the exclamation point Sorry. <laughs> in a season where so many things have seemingly gone wrong the Gen Z Packers somehow pulled through Considering how well the Packers seem to play lately, imagine if they had a reasonably healthy roster all season or if Barry was able to run a competent defense <laughs> without having to be crucified by the fan base first. Is it time to dream of a Super Bowl run for the 2024 season?
1: Yeah. Your window's open now. That's the thing. Like, um, it, It's a little bit of a misnomer to say, like you need to be absolutely perfectly constructed before you make that Super Bowl run. These things actually tend to happen pretty quickly. Like uh, the example I always go to, the recent one is the Bengals, who they basically got Joe Burrow. They were bad just for a year, and then they instantly were contenders and found themselves in the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, once you have the quarterback, the rest is all kind of window dressing. And while they don't have like veterans or you know necessarily like a bunch of stars that the whole league knows about on the defensive side, especially starting next year, they're contenders. Um, and they will be for the foreseeable future. It's just levels of contenders at that point. That's really it. Um, So yeah, Super Bowl run starting next year. Um, You know, it'd be a long shot this year, obviously. But even this year, I don't think it's impossible. Um, It would only take a couple of lucky breaks to get there. The NFL playoffs get crazy sometimes. Weird things happen. Last year, all of the 49ers quarterbacks all got hurt. Um, (laughs) That just (laughs) happened. Not that long ago. Weird things can happen. So uh, don't give up on this season yet, but yeah, next season that's the first legitimate one where you're you're, cont- you're the division front runner and in contention for a buy and all that good stuff. Absolutely.
3: And the other thing too is the Packers are kind of due for some weird things to go their way.
1: Yeah, also true. It's been a while.
2: <laughs> uh, all right. You yep. So you were correct, uh, Torrance Torrance Marshall. Okay. <laughs> Does that name ring any bells?
1: Yeah, yeah, I remember Torrance Marshall.
2: Torrance Marshall, a linebacker turned special teamer and fullback, (laughs) um, had a a very cheeks game in the playoffs against the Vikings, which affected the Packers draft position. I think that was how the Uh, the Rube Goldberg machine.
3: All right.
1: So it actually, that's pretty far removed, but okay.
3: All right. PJ Wessels, how poorly does the Dallas game have to go to dampen the mood about this season? And how much competition should anders have for his job next season it's
2: anders
1: (laughs) anders (laughs) it's not though that's okay um (laughs) it is anders (laughs) look
2: he's just start calling him daniel carlson's brother how's that exactly so i do refer to him as daniel carlson's brother but anders is from the city in which i live and locals call him anders so fine okay Uh um i think if Lafleur pulls a mccarthy i would feel really bad uh long developing iso route offense uh clock mismanagement like if it, it those things would sour my mood
1: yeah i wouldn't like that uh for me i think it's more really just injuries that's the only thing that could really do it like if they play a bad game that's annoying but whatever if barry gets toasted that's annoying but whatever and a weird uncreative Florida game would not be good i'm kind of with you on that short of injuries i think that's probably the right answer um and they should all, you should first of all you should always have kicker competition because kickers are cheap and you can have a guy stand out there and kick field goals and so yeah you should give him some competition he missed too many extra points this year like struggling with the easy stuff yeah he's got a big leg but um you know i know they won't give up on him he can kick far um there's some talent there but it's always good to have a backup plan in case it just you know, he loses it. What if he go that's another thing. What if he goes out in this game indoors and misses like four kicks and they lose the game by eleven? That would be weird, but you know <laughs> <laughs> that that would also be bad. I would be very mad at at Andrews if that happened.
3: <laughs> You're right. All right. Aaron Savage, did I get that one right? I don't have a remember hearing that one on the podcast. He, Aaron,
1: he asks uh pretty frequently, but I do not right. know how to yeah. pronounce his last name. All right. uh, non-packers
3: discussion topic. As a journeyman with modest success who never really got a shot to shine in a starting job, Tyrod Taylor is football Matt Stairs.
1: Uh, that's not bad. Um, is Tyrod... How many teams has he played for now? That's my only hesitancy there. Oh, a lot. Yeah, that's a good cop. Yeah, Tyrod's
2: <laughs> played for a lot. Uh, Tyrod only... St- didn't start over Justin Herbert uh, because he had his lung punctured, right? Like, that's what sent him to the Bills?
1: I think that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Minshew's kind of that guy, too. But I think he's only been on three teams. So that's not – Stairs played for everybody. That's the thing with Matt Stairs. Um, yeah, yeah. Minshew's not been in the league long enough. Um, is Tyrod randomly Canadian by any chance? He is not. Um <laughs> <laughs> Matt Stairs is. He's Canadian. The best hitter that Canada's ever produced. Um, that might not be. Not uh, Justin Morneau? Oh, is he? was Justin Morneau's Canadian, too? Never mind. Justin yeah. Morneau's way better I than mean, Matt that's Stairs.
2: A, that's a pretty Quebeco name, isn't it?
1: Yeah.
3: yeah. That it is. <sighs> Throb Zombie. Ooh. Knowing what we know now. <laughs> <laughs> regarding Watson's continued health issues. The future prospects of this offense, especially the receiving core, and the upcoming running back contract situations would you be would you have pulled the trigger on the Watson Taylor trade
1: oh man no that's a tough one yeah like with with hindsight with Uh-oh. hindsight i think i would have Ah, uh, geez. I don't know, man. I have a hard no, time. Knowing
2: with... that Watson was going to miss six games this year?
1: I just have a hard time making myself trade a wide receiver for a running back, man. <laughs> Especially
2: one that you're going to have to pay for him to be around.
3: Yeah, about, right? uh, yeah.
1: I still don't think I do it, but I, it's a lot closer, and I totally get it. Um, <laughs> I, I still think you could just find guys in the draft if you really want to, or even outside. Like Sam Congato happened once, guys. This is not that hard. Jonathan Taylor's awesome, though. Uh, like, y- you would be getting a good running back, and. Um, one thing one thing you could say about Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is special. He is better than the average running back. He is definitely good to have, um, comparable to the average running back. And Taylor's in that same kind of category, but not as good. Um, so I still think I don't do it. I'd, I'd rather just gamble on Watson. Close, though. Good question.
3: And one of the nicer things about Jones being hurt as much as he was is that, that it doesn't seem like... Uh... LeFleur has been scared to play him more the last month.
1: That's true.
2: Uh, yeah, but the downside is, is we're getting the stupid correlation causation argument about twenty carries. Yep. <laughs> Did you know that the Packers are five and one in games where Eric Jones gets more than twenty carries?
1: It also would be <laughs> like Dylan's also hurt, and so yes. <laughs> he can't hold
2: a ball. His hand is broken.
1: Do we? Do we know when he's coming back? Because I would mm-hmm. rather have Aaron Jones running 20 times a game for the rest of the season, and I don't want A.J. Dillon to come back because he's <laughs> he's worse. You,
2: you want to DeMarco Murray Aaron Jones?
1: Uh, yes, I do. Uh, <laughs> I want a bench where he can go sit with uh, – Where uh, I want a bench where Eric Stokes and A.J. Dillon can hang out together with Devondre Campbell and not get into the game. <laughs> That's but, what I
2: – A.J. Dillon's been decent the last month. He has. Month.
1: He has been decent. However, he is not as good as Aaron Jones, not even close. So if Jones is available in the playoffs, I don't want Dillon touching the ball ever. That's all. If Jones is hurt, different story, but he's not.
3: And he's been good. It's been fun. All right. Scott wants to know, uh, well, he has a theory. He doesn't have a question. He's got a theory. It seems possible Barry's strength is player development and getting everyone to understand and execute their assignments. Although the defense has its clearing deficiencies, young players seem to be coming along nicely regardless of pedigree. Even younger uh, journeymen like Ballantyne are holding up okay. This may be what guys who keep promoting and retaining him
1: see. It is a lot... Uh (laughs) sometimes (laughs) when you're reading the questions you got to infer some articles that are there it is a long question (laughs) uh,
3: it's a lot for the job of position coach, Peter Principal, everybody drink
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so basically saying Barry Mm -hmm. might be a good position coach who's stretched as a defensive coordinator but we might be seeing some of that come through later in the year Um, so I think we have a consistent position with the podcast which is that Barry deficiencies still tend to show up with some routine. And while this last game was, it's hard to find too much that was wrong with it. I think that the Barry game plan was actually pretty good. It was executed quite well. The young players did well. There were still guys college open in the middle of the field a couple of times. And, you know, that's that's one of them. Um, And also he will occasionally just rise to the occasion. The problem is he's bad at adjusting back. Like, uh, you also, I don't know if you can run the bears game plan against anybody else because the bears are kind of a weird offense with a quarterback who can run, but not throw. Um, uh, but yeah, maybe, I mean, ba- maybe that is Barry's strength is just the execution guy. That wouldn't be that unusual. That's kind of what Mike Pettin was like. Mike Pettin is also an, an is no not like an, an executor, not a strategist. That's what he always was, uh, in the Ryan defense on the jets. That's what he's kind of best at. And th- A lot of those guys exist, and they are often good at getting guys to play the right way until the strategy changes on them. And then it takes them three weeks to adjust back, and they give up 40 points along the way. So, yeah, maybe, possible. If you want to give a positive spin on Joe, that's not a bad one.
3: JD wants to know, Paul, are you at all changing your mind yes. on Bo-, Bo Melton the same way you did Jaden Reed? No, well, Sub so, question, yeah. Ryan or Runyon. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
2: but didn't you just spend an entire podcast praising him as like, like he was good at his role and he's good in this usage? And
1: So Bo that. Melton might very well be good, but it's different than with Jaden Reed. Um, <laughs> I actually, I, I'm adjusting, uh, ROPS this year because of Jaden Reed and a few other guys. Um, the bottom line is like explosive numbers in college for what receivers correlate much better with NFL success over the last couple of years than the number of balls they catch. There's, it's sort of like, there's like a floor you should have on your catch percentage in college. It shouldn't be too bad. I call it the semi-fahoko line. You can go look up his catch percentage if you want um but the fact fe- like Reed was super explosive and that should have carried the day on his evaluation and it did for the people who got Jaden Reed right and kudos to all you people who did that um Bo Melton wasn't good in really any way in college now he was buried on a terrible Rutgers team and he did suffer the problem where he was clearly the best guy on that offense and so he got it thrown to him like over and over and over and over again and that does kill your efficiency pretty hard um and he's a good athlete but like I think that Bo Melton is more of a of a post college development story, and you know there's a reason he wasn't drafted. So my evaluation of him is, yeah, he looks like a like a a great development story, a good athlete who's worked himself into being something real, and yeah, like I'm higher on Bo Melton, much 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 higher than I was six weeks ago. But I think he was a hard scout out of college. <laughs> that's all. Like, there's a lot of bow Melton's. And then I'll turn into current Bowmelton. Melton. And it's nice that they, they got this one to work out. And I'll go with Ryan, but they're both imperfect. Ryan and Runyon are both imperfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess Ryan. I'll take the, the bigger heft. That's all. <laughs>
3: All right, Donald Anderson has an update for us. The Packers have gone one game since receiving a personal foul. <laughs> Heck, they only got one penalty of any type, which was bogus anyway. A great performance that should be commended. So, real quick before Here's...
1: we before we read part two of the question, I think it's worth pointing out that there definitely should have been personal fouls called in this game. That that the Bears, <laughs> the Bears and the Packers got into repeated fights. Uh, where there was a lot of pushing and shoving, uh, there was a. Uh, so I don't think that the hit on Fields should have been called a personal foul, but I'm also surprised it wasn't uh, that Bears mm-hmm. fans are all complaining about. So mm-hmm. we didn't get called for one, but I'm not going to go so far as to say we didn't commit any. <laughs> yeah,
2: but also That's... like Heath had his helmet knocked off of his head after the play. Yes, like, Le- how Le- is that helmet got
1: knocked up That is absolutely true. <laughs> that did happen. So they just didn't want to call anything. So yay, our one-game streak took basically refs not calling any penalties at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, continue. All right,
3: Donald's question. How did Jair grade out in this game? He wasn't assigned to more all day, as we expected, and there seemed to be some chicken-with-a-head-cut-off moments. But did his attitude show up in film, or is it time for Rust Ball to fire up his spreadsheets?
1: I think he was pretty good, but I have to admit he didn't pop a lot. Uh, part of the problem is the uh, the Bears didn't actually throw that many passes, and they definitely didn't throw that many to wide receivers. And uh, I've watched a lot of that Bear game again, but I was not paying attention to the secondary that much. So um, I think he was fine. It's probably good that his name wasn't mentioned that much. Uh, that probably means he was mostly doing his job, which is all you really want him to do there. But I have to, I have to admit, I actually do not know. I'm trying to pull up his PFF right now because that's as good as I'm going to get spur of the moment. Matt, I don't know. Did you watch Jair at all? He
2: uh, was really grabby.
1: It was he really grabby? <laughs> yeah, the,
2: him, him, and the Allentines were both quite grabby. Um, it was, it was like watching a college game.
1: Well, I guess it was maybe, awesome. Maybe, maybe it was that's awesome. just a good job reading the refs. <laughs> <laughs> if you can get away with it, get away with it.
2: Also, I. I think it was like there was like a sailed pass on it was like a pass to the flat and it sailed and Jair celebrated it like he did something and I hate that <laughs> so much. Uh
1: good times. Um why can't why can't I find PFF's grades for the game? Yeah, whatever. I'll pull it up during some other question. All right. Lately Joel Osment, the Packers offense looks hotter than Tyreek
3: Hill's house. Uh so oh! why <laughs> –
1: Poor Tyreek. So,
3: so why abandon play action on the final drive? Seems like the offense equivalent of prevent defense, which has been established as dumb.
1: We have a complaint about the final drive of this game. I guess so. We ran off the last six minutes and eight seconds of this game. I didn't <laughs> I thought it was really good, was it not?
2: I thought so. I I wonder if it's uh a question of like it could go wrong when you need it. To, like when you need play action to end to be successful I, ge- I guess I, I think I guess. if Musgrave doesn't convert that third down I think that we have a lot more concerns and questions and that's a good point
1: I suppose so um, it. so I guess the other thing is like when you are running out the clock play action would conceivably work much better right because a run is always possible so there's that that is a bit of an odd choice but I don't I find it hard to complain like we never run out 6 minutes of clock. Like it just never, you know, we run three times and waste a minute and a half and punt the ball back to the t- No, we run out 6 minutes of clock in the first quarter. Yeah, uh, we do that not at the end of the game. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that drive was great. It, it made me happy. So, uh Jair was their ninth-graded defender. He had a 70.7 for the game, which is okay, not great. Uh his weak link though, how Stupid PFF. God damn it. They gave him a 39.8 in pass rush, and I don't care about his pass rush grade. They should just not do that. Coverage was 74.6, which is the third highest. Oh, wait. This is the season. I pulled up. PFF is broken. Never mind. Ignore everything I just said. (laughs) Like, I pulled it up for the game, but it has Razul Douglas in it. So um, maybe that's the first Bear game and they have it upside down. That's probably it. Here we go. There's my problem uh t- 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 let's see oh boy where is he um he doesn't have a grade <laughs> whoa what how hold on i have to control f it's gonna make a noise yeah th- he's not on the report <laughs> <laughs> all right never we know nothing we have no information alas all right let's do more questions Old man on a bike in
3: Sherlington. Oh, oh, all right. I'm yes. just an old man on a bike, but I don't think enough can be said about Goody's job of turning last year's pick, number 45, into Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks, and Carl Brooks. It's true that Goody has made some mistakes, such as giving up on Amari too soon <laughs> <laughs> and signing Simone Biles' husband. Uh, but that has got to be one of the best draft moves in recent memory. My question this week is about hard knocks as I was really looking forward to seeing the Packers featured next year, but that's off the table now with their, with them making the playoffs. A lot of people seem to be opposed to being on hard knocks and I'm curious what you guys think.
1: Ah, I, I mean, it would be great content, but I wouldn't actually enjoy it if we were on hard knocks. I would just feel bad. Like I, I don't like those shows to begin with. I, I'm, I'm a curmudgeon who doesn't like Everybody else likes Hard Knocks better than I do. I don't actually like like it. I feel like it's um, everybody's acting. You know, you don't, everybody's different when they're on camera. Reality shows aren't reality because of that fact. And that goes for football teams, too. And you don't get a real take on it. And But, you know, it would be easy to write about and... There's something to be said for that. Um, but, yes, that trade was phenomenal. It It's going to go down as one of their best, I think. So, yeah. I'm I'm not pro-Hard Knocks. I bet JR would be pro-Hard Knocks. That would be fun to write about. Well, I think
2: JR would be pro-Hard Knocks for the content. For the also, content, we all kind yeah. Of, we all kind of agree that it, it does suck for the team. Yeah, suck for it's the
1: simple. team, good for the content. That's right. It's but then
2: a- I, what I don't understand is how the other... What was the one that followed the Cardinals? The one that was on Amazon? I... Don't. they did the whole season and like no one complained about that i don't know
1: i actually don't maybe. watch it for real
2: <laughs> so it was it was like a larry fitzgerald year so it was a while ago all right but um peop- no one complained about being followed the whole season so maybe it's just the pace of hard knocks that's the issue
1: that could be i, I don't know secrets are revealed
2: Uh, Tom
3: Haight, the pulling of Justin Fields in the fourth to be evaluated for a concussion was very odd. Sure was. I guess guess props to the NFL for pulling him even in an an important moment. However, the hit he took was several plays before that, and the evaluation took maybe five (laughs) seconds, and he only missed a play. How can the NFL get this right so their players' brains don't ooze out of their ears later in life? Or do they even care?
2: There's the last one. (laughs)
1: <laughs> they don't care. The, the
2: only comparison it's, that I truly ever agree with when people say that uh, the NFL is a gladiator sport is the uh, uh, overarching uh, disposal feeling of players that the league has about them. Um, that's To me, that's the only like actual gladiator sport-esque thing about it.
1: Yeah. They move on quick.
2: Yeah. Uh, <sighs> It, but also, uh, was it uh, they just didn't want to see Nathan Peterman throw a pass? I think that's what <laughs>
1: that's what it was. They didn't. I'm surprised they didn't fake it a little bit better than that, though. Like, you can't do any kind of evaluation in the amount of time he was off on the sidelines. It's impossible. Um, it, it was clearly fake, and clearly fake is what they want to avoid. Like, you yeah. have the whole thing there just as theater to show that you're caring, and I think you need to at least have plausible deniability, even if you're going to do a bad job of it. So. Um, But that, I mean, that's what they're doing They have a process, they put them through the process Now they can claim that they cared Even though they don't (laughs) At all
3: Bryce Trozen, the most obvious player To watch out of the uh, Dallas D is Parsons How can the Pack neutralize his strength My 90s album title uh, For the week is the B-side comp The Master Plan uh, From Oasis, dedicated to the Packers Front office i i also have the song uh acquiesce <laughs> uh, acquiesce, acquiesce yeah. uh that has a lyric that describes the 2023-24 vibes because we need each other we believe in another <laughs> we believe in, one, in another. one another yeah i'm struggling to read here it's been a long
1: <laughs> it's a long list guys it's such a long list um <laughs> Mike, so Micah Parsons is good at everything. That's the big problem with him. You don't have too many of those guys out there, and uh, really, the way to 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 slow him down is just to always get an extra person on him when at all when at all possible. Don't do anything stupid. Don't have Tucker Kraft trying to like take him one on one. To double check myself, I thought I pulled the text and said Tyson there for a second. Um, but it's challenging. The whole Dallas defense is pretty loaded. And um, if you dedicate too much to one guy, you're going to get toasted by somebody else on the team as well. Um, so it's very difficult. He's fast. He's strong. He can win in multiple different ways. Um, and I, I guess maybe the biggest issue with Parsons um, versus the Packers offensive line... Uh, t- t- sorry, I'm trying to look up numbers at the same time I'm talking, which is a dumb thing to do, um, it is that he is very powerful in addition to being very fast. Like I would say he's more of a speed guy, but the Packers do run a little bit light, and he is capable of pulling off those bull rushes and getting interior pressure, like collapse the pocket pressure on you, um, mm-hmm. and that's what can really give this offensive line trouble. They're very good at pass blocking, but they are not the strongest line ever. So, um, they should work to, to chip him. They should work to uh, make life miserable for him. But he's just a tough matchup. Um, you know, this is when you get the playoffs, you run into this, and it's difficult. And you just gotta hope your guys hold up. That Rashid Walker holds up. That Zach Tom holds up. If Zach Tom is okay, hopefully he is. Uh, and you know, um, that's why you they get paid the big bucks. That's why they are ranked highly as well. But Parsons is special. So you try to keep him in check, try and hold him, don't let him wreck games and, and hope you can, hope he can do that enough times.
5: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check.
2: <laughs> uh mke tailgate
3: well.
1: questions
2: wait what is ryan this, and this? bayview oh it says mke tailgate as the yeah, question answer. Yeah.
3: yeah we know who it is right
1: <laughs>
3: how many playoff games do the packers need to win for joe Barry to secure his job for next year uh
1: that's a good question actually because i think if uh if they win against dallas he's probably still done depending on how the game goes. But like if they get to the NFC championship game, that gets tough. I don't Matt, do you think he... what what do you think the round is where Barry's safe?
2: Very safe if they win the Super Bowl.
1: Well, yeah, he's obviously safe if they win the Super Bowl. Anything That's less it. than that? That's it. You really?
2: I I think anything less than that and uh he starts to get looks by other teams.
1: What if they're like good <laughs> against the Cowboys and they play the 49ers and they have like a, another 13-10 49ers loss? Like I think maybe he gets he he comes back if that happens.
3: well, how much of this is about how much Matt Lafleur is actually involved in the last month in deciding things and pushing things versus like how much has he gotten involved versus what he was earlier in the year
1: in actually like <laughs> holding the defense accountable and fixing things himself,
3: yeah. Um, because if he's doing a lot of that, then it's not really about yeah. Joe Barry anymore, and he's still getting fired right. because he's not doing what he wanted,
1: right? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a part of this where we just don't know. Internally, yeah. um, it may have already been decided, and they're just playing out the stretch. Um, but I don't know. Things do get tougher if they are actually good against elite level. First, I don't think it's going to be a problem. <laughs> 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 Ryan, I don't think you got to worry about it. <laughs> Uh, I guess not making the Super Bowl and having good defensive performances is a little bit of a risk, yeah. Not much, but a bit.
3: All right. A times seven. Our defense looked formidable, rushing five against a quarterback uh, that can boogie. Uh, do you think we will try to keep the pressure on Dak or go back to a soft zone? I don't think I'm going to like your answer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I do think the Bears are a special case and that there is some likelihood that they go back to their sort of default look for the Cowboys game. That said, Dak's at least a little similar. He's obviously a much better passer than Justin Fields is by a country mile, but you're going to have to do some of the same things to limit his mobility. Uh, And just like the Bears, honestly, their receiving core is kind of similar. Like, uh, C.D. Lamb is kind of a better DJ Moore, and uh, uh, Jake Ferguson is kind of a better Cole Komet, and there's not much after that. So maybe this translates a little bit. Uh, maybe if you play a similar style, you get kind of similar results, and maybe they see it that way. Um, my only problem is this. like, I feel like they always go back to their default. And uh, you know, they beat the tar out of the Rams with Brett Ripon playing a quarterback who couldn't pass to save his life, playing a, a style designed to stop that guy. And then they didn't do that against Tommy DeVito, and they... Um, Baker's not the same thing, but they don't always learn their lessons. Joe gets dumb sometimes, so I will always bet on Joe being dumb. That's kind of my default bet, and that would be my bet. But you know, they have they have played well in similar situations recently, so maybe they'll get this right. Matt's just smiling, so I think that's probably. <laughs> <sighs> I,
2: I I I I'm still in the in the throes of. Maybe Matt LaFleur is actually calling the defense and Joe Barry is just a figurehead. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm imagining that scenario, and it's just making me happy. So I think uh,
1: even if Matt himself isn't doing that, It's certainly possible that he gave somebody else a little bit more responsibility, you know, even just as like a quality check guy, um, a lower level guy, basically being like, hey, if you see Joe do anything dumb, let me know right away or fix it yourself. (laughs) That kind of (laughs) stuff does happen. Like when you lose confidence in somebody at the top, even if you don't want to fire him on Christmas, which is when we kind of all were clamoring for him to go, um, that often is a stopgap that'll happen. So, you know, that's possible, too. They have been kind of better since then. Not great, but better.
3: Yeah. Dutch Boy 5, what a difference the year makes. Going into last year's Week 18 matchup was super nervous and the vibe was not good. This year, much more confident, but also the vibe was so much better for the team. I think it also helps that it was Matt LaFleur's, uh, one one of Matt LaFleur's better games. What say you? Rank his best three games this year.
1: And Dutch Boy has Lions-Bears-Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a fair ranking. Yeah, yeah. I
2: think Lions is definitely his best game. Yeah, Uh, Lions is... I agree with that. This was a shellacking, but also Bears aren't good. (laughs) But still, it's a division rival. It's a must-win game. The scenario kind of puts it up for me. Yeah,
1: I'll take those three in that order. Yeah, Kansas City was good. It's hard, to, it's hard to disagree with that. Like the Vikings game was really good too, but it wasn't like a real game for a lot of yeah. reasons. So yeah, I think that's it. I agree with that. I have no changes to that.
3: That that Chief game was a lot of fun to be at. Yeah. I'll say that.
1: Ah, that was a good one. I feel like that was the first like real, hey, maybe we actually have something here game of the year too. So that one is even a little extra special.
3: Especially because that was right after the Lions game, right? Like back to back weeks, I think.
1: Was that back to back after the Lions? Man, yeah, so. it was. It was. Yeah, you're right.
3: Okay, so Richard Proctor, who will have worse clock management next Sunday, Mike McCarthy <laughs> or Matt Lafleur?
1: <laughs> Mike. Mike will.
3: Yeah, probably Mike. Yeah. Matt I did has... try and play your your game. That was fun. Um,
1: <laughs> getting yelled at
3: for trying to throw it. That was that was a nice touch.
2: <laughs> that was also back when Devontae wasn't good.
1: Which games? So... I posted both of them lately.
2: Oh, you post oh the clock management game, the clock yeah. management one. yeah. Okay. No, I'm I'm talking about the uh, quarterback simulator. That's the <laughs> that's,
4: that's my
1: favorite. Ah, uh, yes, because that one that's when we get punished for running. Uh, Aaron doesn't like that, um, or whatever kind of Aaron. Uh, it, but yes, um, cl- I love the clock simulator game. I think it really captures McCarthy perfectly. Matt has issues with the clock once in a while, but I I feel like this this Packers iteration is much better, and even like the weird thing that happened against the bears wasn't like a clock management problem it it uh well maybe it was um there was some rumblings that that play call didn't have an end zone shot it was just outs and just having outs is dumb um but it's not like clock management dumb it's play calling dumb like they actually were going to get a field goal there <sighs> until until that happened so uh, but yeah, yeah, the only
3: part that's time management is whether or not they should have taken the timeout yeah. after the sack, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I, I I don't even think that that was that bad. Um, yeah. I would, in some instances, rather have the extra timeout in 40 seconds gone than have one fewer timeout and 40 seconds there. Because you get a little more control at the end if you have the extra timeout in reserve, which they didn't. But <laughs> they could have... <laughs> um and McCarthy's just always bad on the clock it's been consistent for like a decade now and it just happened against Detroit so uh we know that one is still there and still lurking and can jump up and bite him very easily
3: all right Ryan Ziegler the more we learn about redacted Greg Jennings and his sister might have been right (laughs) culture change is hard but it seems that getting rid of redacted might have been the best move this team has made in a long time. The energy feels good and I'm so excited to watch football uh, playoff football again. Why not us?
2: (laughs) Oh man, today was rough for the people who follow redacted. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, He's so
1: annoying. He's so, so annoying. I'm so glad he's gone.
2: But also, I mean, he's annoying in a libelous sense. <laughs> yes, he is.
1: Uh, like, or is it slander because it's spoken? I, I, I say defamation. Cover the whole thing. Um, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> tomato, tomato. Yes. Um, yeah, I. He can't have been good for the locker room. Obviously, there are people who I'm just, who in the locker room do like Aaron Rodgers. Like that's clearly the case. Like Bakhtiari is, is his bud. So it's not like he's like a total cancer, but. It's got to be annoying to be around him. It just has to for at least some people and always making it about himself. Always like it's all Aaron all the time. It's so nice to have him not on the team anymore. It's all redacted. Redacted
2: all the time, Paul.
1: Redacted. And like I I feel like when we when we had Aaron, he had some annoying parts at the end, especially. But at least they were kind of novel now he's like doing the same stuff his shtick hasn't even changed he's not even annoying in an interesting way anymore um it's it's not good i'm glad he's gone the jets can have him um it's just so much more fun like this is so much better (laughs) can you
3: imagine him dealing with the young receiving core like after a drop and all that stuff like it would have been terrible
1: yeah he would have been instantly uh, – think about how the first part of the season went. He would have been instantly demanding like Lazard and Cobb back and forcing them the ball in traffic. and uh, This never would have happened. He would have stopped this entire development cycle. Thank God he's gone.
3: All right. Rob Regis, which division rival is primed to give Green Bay the most trouble going forward given that we have our long-term quarterback
2: ostensibly figured out and the others don't? It's a good one. I mean, if the Bears take one of the two blue chips, yeah, they'll screw it up.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I'm confident that they will find a way to screw up their decision
1: until I actually see it. I agree with that, and it's not even like those are sure things, which wouldn't even necessarily be their fault. But um, like people have concerns about Caleb Williams, and he had some weird games down the stretch. And I will tell you, I know Drake May is the consensus. Um, one of the two consensus anyway, and he looks great when he plays. He has not completed a super high percentage of his passes at North Carolina. It's kind of weird. Usually, the guys who are super good are actually more accurate than he is. Um, so just just throwing that out there. They might screw it up. Uh, Like. The lions are gonna lose ben johnson right he's probably gonna end up as a head coach he's already taking interviews he's already
2: yeah he's getting calls
1: yeah like washington i think is interviewing him like now um so like that hurts them bad and Goff is fine but he's just Goff. the vikings are uh, i think in limbo like it's kirk or or nothing <laughs>
3: russell wilson right aren't they the favorites <laughs> oh man
1: I mean, that's a terrible idea. That should not happen.
2: <laughs> We're all in agreement that that's a downgrade from Kirk,
1: right? It's absolutely a downgrade yeah. from
2: Kirk. But it does fit the
3: history and tradition of the Vikings it of does. taking somebody else's old quarterback.
1: Yep, that's true. Uh, so, uh, like, I guess it's the Bears, but no, I don't because they're still not run well. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. We're just in a good spot. They all have glaring weaknesses. I think the Vikings are still the best run team of the three. But they're just – they needed to, to do the quarterback thing. Like, they actually need to, like, suck and get a quarterback or somehow accumulate a bunch of draft capital and get a quarterback or something. They're good at drafting. Or luck
3: into Michael Penix and it works out or sure, something. Sure, yes. right? um,
1: yeah, right. Stop. But they also seem bad at it. Like, Kellen Mond is bad. Um, and they spent yeah. – he was, like, a third-rounder, like which is kind of high for a guy that bad. Um, and Jaron Hall doesn't look – like it's either he can't really throw uh, it's a problem if you're a quarterback so they need to get better at that too i mean not that it's easy to find a quarterback after the first round it's very much not but it, it's happened on occasion it's not impossible i hope paddocks doesn't end up there i think that's a good spot for him
3: all right jeremy moan uh owens was in the process of the tackle on the field slide
2: uh, just... <laughs> okay that's a that's a uh throwback to the fair catch against reed yeah uh, where where the special team or whomever was was in the process oh yeah quote, unquote, the process of the tackle yep, yep, yep. when he hit reed during the fair catch uh, i think really that's
3: why it, it feels like that is why they didn't call it right? right that he slid so
1: late i think i think so yes I, I think that is why um and didn't actually make contact with his head either
3: yeah. Yes, yeah. that's
2: the big one. Is is yeah. you don't hit the head, and they really don't care.
1: Yeah.
3: Even if his head hit the ground, and he should have been out after that play. <laughs>
1: yeah. They don't care about that either.
2: But he was out two plays later. So. Yep. Oh, this is a lot of words.
1: Oh. There are so me, many questions. Do you want me to take? Do you want, to, oh take, you want to take this one? I can. Yeah, I'll do. Sure. It. Uh, someone uh, say his name. So and I'll, I'll, and I'll, do the questions. I'll take. I'll take a few questions. I feel, right. like, I feel right. like Reading. Uh, cheese Cavarici. I think. I think maybe new. <laughs> So welcome aboard if you are new. Uh, it's no surprise that Packers fans are pretty happy with the rookie campaigns of Tucker Kraft and Luke Musgrave, but I do wonder sometimes how different things might be if the team drafted pre-draft darling uh, Darnell Washington. I was on the DW train for all the reasons laid out by RAE and APC podcasters, so when the Pack passed on him four times to pick Van Ness, Musgrave, Reed, and Craft, I almost threw a block of sharp cheddar at my TV screen, but I'm happy we have those four players today. Me too. If you don't mind, please give us a summary of how Dar- Darnell Washington's rookie season has been and how you see him developing from this point forward, and tell us if you'd swap him today for either of our top two tight ends. If you were GM for a day and the opportunity presented itself. I'm going to assume the answer is no, but is the answer anything other, b- other than no? Uh,
2: Darnell Washington is being fiercely misused in he the is. offense that in is which true. he lives. Um, I just think his ceiling is so stupid high, and he was my draft crush, that it is hard. I mean, it's like... Yeah, so he's had seven receptions this year with no touchdowns. Yep. That's just
1: embarrassing. So, for, but, for, people, for those who don't know, he, he wound up on the Steelers, and um, so, you know, the Steelers already have a pass catching tight end in Pat Friar-mouth. Um, That's probably not how you pronounce his name, but I don't care. Um, And... So, the passing opportunities haven't really been there for him, even though it's not like you're fighting for a ton of... I mean, the Steelers are weird. First of all, their quarterback sucks. Their their quarterbacks suck. It's incredible they're in the playoffs, honestly. <laughs> um, uh, so... They do have pretty good receivers, though. That's the thing. Like, they have a pass-catching tight end. Their receivers are okay, and so Washington is mostly a blocker who catches a pass every once in a while. He's basically been Mercedes Lewis, and he's actually been okay. His pass-blocking grade on the year is 72.3. He is a monster blocker. You know, he's a big dude who can get after it, but he just didn't get a lot of opportunities in the passing game. But, no, I would not swap them out. I, I just wouldn't. Um I think you can maybe make a case on Musgrave because Musgrave was perpetually hurt all through college, and then he was hurt uh, lately for us, although lacerated spleens are not exactly recurring soft tissue injuries either. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is, uh, Musgrave actually is one of the few guys in the draft who also like hits on pretty good predictive metrics. In terms of his yards per catch in college, he was very explosive. He just didn't play very much. And Tucker Craft uh, played down a division, and so he was a tough scout from all angles, from a, a scouting stance and from an analytic stance, because stats at the lower division don't tell you very much. Um, the only one thing we were pretty sure on him is that he would be a yak monster. And now that we've seen him in professional football, playing with professional players, no, I would not give up anything for Tucker Kraft, uh, on the tight end front. He is currently third in DVOA. He is behind only George Kittle and Isaiah Likely for guys with 30 catches or more. Um, I wish we'd seen more of him, but Darnell, I still like, and I would take him on a team, but ours are good and I would not trade them. All right. I'm I'm, I'm reading. I know. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, this is like the last time. My fault. My fault. My fault. So I had had Pittsburgh's PFF up, and I lost my rundown, and I had to find it, and I didn't find it quick enough. Oh, you got this one. Okay.
2: Yeah. What's the most likely path for the Bears to screw up the number one pick in this offseason, generally now that Fields is probably leaving? Well, the way they screw it up is by not letting Fields leave and by drafting Marvin Harrison Jr.
1: I think there's another more creative way they can screw this up. Which is to bring Fields back, trade that pick for a haul of other picks, uh draft Marvin Harrison Jr., which I think they I think that's like the surest thing in the draft, and then try one of the down roster quarterback guys like Jaden Daniels or um or Penix or JJ McCarthy uh and like have a competition. Um Oh
2: man. JJ <laughs> McCarthy's actually the perfect choice for the Bears because he's Justin Fields. What if you they... remove him oh, from I... his offensive line and I... from his System. And... I, I
1: have I have a new I, I have a better way that they'll screw this up A related way that they'll screw this up Here's what they'll do uh, They'll fire uh, Eberflus They will hire um, uh, Harbaugh And then <laughs> they will trade that pick back And draft J.J. McCarthy So they'll have Harbaugh with his mid- <laughs> it, That's a bare thing to do Like familiarity mm. over actual scouting Is a very bare thing to do
2: Do you think Harbaugh hires his son To do special teams still?
1: I assume he does It's the NFL Yeah <laughs>
2: Well, so yeah, his son is the Michigan uh, special teams coordinator, and almost cost them the Alabama game.
1: Yep, garbage. So that's going to be it. Hire Harbaugh, draft JJ McCarthy, uh, still keep Fields, and have them compete. And yeah, th- that's how you wreck things. All right, uh, back to back to me, mittens Saint Brown, who must be new. <laughs> Because I have never seen that name before on here I've never seen Mitten St. Saint, Which is great, by the way um, <laughs> Thanks for the entertaining season And I wanted to let you know I only joined MKE Tailgate Because early in the season You finally explained what Meatloaf would not do for love And I have wondered about that <laughs> since I was 13 ah, that, is, that is why we do the show My question Would our lives be better or worse If Joe Barry was fired after the Carolina game And the results since then were exactly the same? In this universe, does Green Bay somehow end up hiring Greg Williams or fill in another member of the current staff as full-time DC heading into the possible upcoming Super Bowl window? So Joe Barry's fired, uh, pretty the Carolina game. Nothing changes, so the defense looks the same, but instead of Joe Barry operating the defense, we have a new face operating the defense. That's an interesting hypothetical. Um, Because the defense has sort of looked superficially okay since then. Uh, So, hmm. I I don't think so. The, The thing about the... One of the reasons that didn't happen is because there wasn't an obvious person on the team to take the reins from Barry. There's just... Everybody's green. Everybody's very junior. And I think without, like, an outstanding defensive turnaround, which it would still be a bad idea to hire that guy because that is often just noise. But without that kind of thing, you're still looking outside the organization for the next DC uh, in that scenario. Uh, I I don't think that's enough to get you the job. I like the question because it is, like, it is, like, a a biased question. Like, do you guys think this sucks just because it's Barry doing the calling, and if it was somebody else, would you still think that? I I don't think so. I I think... We still see this for what it is, and they would—they would too. All right, um, regression to the mean. Drink. Yes, that. All right, <laughs> Lucas Stoller asks: If Joe Barry's defense is designed to succeed against top quarterbacks, let we'll get into that. Does that bode well for the Packers' chances now that they will only face playoff-caliber quarterbacks, or will it just be less embarrassing to be roasted by Dak or Brock instead of Devito? Matt, you want to take the Barry defense versus Mahomes part of this question? No,
2: because you explain it so much better than I do.
1: I do? How? Yeah. Uh, so I'm not even that confident in my explanation. Is
2: that, that Mahomes is bad at. That's what you talk about.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I think Mahomes is bad at at patience and likes to wing it out deep and, and test things that he shouldn't be testing and hates to hand it off and punish the too high shell. And that is that in a nutshell. But like... Mahomes isn't that dumb. I think a lot of it is just kind of luck, and that the Chiefs this year, especially, don't have good weapons. Like it's easy to shut down the chief receivers because the chief receivers blow. Um, they're all bad except for Kelsey, and you know even he got his a little bit in that game. So, yeah. um, I, I think that might be overstated a bit, even though it does. You know, they've had good success against Mahomes. That it, it's true, but sometimes that happens. Like in baseball, we often have a thing where like it seems like a hitter a bad hitter owns a good pitcher but it's it's just noise it's just like that guy got lucky like four times in a row against greg maddox and it looks like he owns greg maddox but it's like no you know, enough iterations crap like that just it happens once in a while i think that's more what it is but um uh, so this I, is where
2: you just go joe barry owns greg maddox is that is that where we're going? basically yes <laughs> that's correct so well um, i will and, admit i've watched a ton of chiefs games this year thanks to my daughter
1: oh really okay
2: uh
3: is your daughter a big
2: Taylor Swift fan?
3: She is very much there so. That's <laughs> why she loved going to the game. Um and we spent most of the game with me cheering and then turning to her and going, Sorry, kiddo, because it was a Packers good play. But <laughs> watching all the all the games and having Kelsey on a fantasy team, like one of the things I really noticed this year is how much Mahomes didn't have any patience. And if he had waited two more seconds or a second and a half, Kelsey would have been wide open for fifteen yards. But he was rushing it to somebody else, or taking the long throw, or whatever, instead of waiting for the play to develop. And I think some of that's because his line hasn't been very good for him this year, and he's just uh, not patient at all. Yeah. I don't know.
1: All right. Well, maybe maybe there is something to that then. Um, little little Aaron and Patrick there sometimes. Uh, but
2: yeah, that's a good way to put it.
1: Yeah. But will they be better in the playoffs? Uh, I I still wouldn't bet on that being playoffs. the case. No. But, you know, on the other hand, they did shut down the 49ers last time they played them, so who knows, honestly. Sometimes things happen there too. But I'm not counting on Barry being a strength in the playoffs. I just am not. I like that <laughs> No. <sighs> All right. Matt Piggott, our good friend over at Hey We Love Your Pod. The Packers have beaten the Cowboys in nine of their last ten matchups and have never lost in Jerry World. Pretty neat, but does it matter at all? The Cowboys fan base might feel some trauma about the Packers, the same way many of us feel about the cursed 49ers, but is this at all relevant? And how are you feeling about our chances of keeping the streak alive?
2: So uh, Aaron Rodgers has played four games in Jerry World, won all those. Um, maybe he just got lucky against Craig Maddox four times.
1: Maybe he did. It's possible.
2: <laughs> also, one of those games was against the Steelers, so it's it's
1: not fair to- <laughs> I don't think history matters very much here um it's a, first of all the Packers are all new you know like this is a very different yeah. team than the Rodgers teams that have been there lately and not lately um it's also a very different Cowboys team than at least some of the last versions that we played there so uh, uh, stuff like little streaks like that um i don't think matter too much at all uh, i will say this I think that the Packers are, generally speaking, better outside of Lambeau than in it. Um, maybe that won't be true in the post-Aaron era, um, but I do like the weather-controlled environment for a high-octane passing offense. So there, there is that, if nothing else. So I don't know. Anybody? <laughs>
2: uh, Vegas thinks it's going to be a shootout over under 49.
1: Nice. That's probably so, good for Green Bay, honestly.
3: I, I do love seeing Cowboy fans talk about trauma when, what, during Favre's time, the Cowboys were the team that we could never get past, right? Yeah, that was yeah, our At the least hump. the beginning.
2: <laughs> well, but that's the <laughs> thing is, uh, you see, we mostly interact with rival fans on Twitter, which is a website that is full of children. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, like, do you guys remember uh, when Kyler Murray was a rookie and they asked him why he wasn't a Cowboys fan because he's from – like the greater Dallas area. And he was like, yeah, well, when I was growing up, the Cowboys always sucked. And people were like, what? No, the Cowboys were great. Oh my God. He grew up in the two thousands. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes, indeed. Yeah. The other thing about So, um, we, th- so I'm old and I remember those Cowboys teams for the, the Aikman, Irvin, Emmitt Smith, awesome defense, Deion Sanders, Cowboys teams were unbelievably great. They were fantastic teams. They knocked the Packers out like three years in a row. Um, but like the Cowboys just went on to play, you know, another game often in the Super Bowl. So we weren't really their rivals. We were just the stepping stone on the way for them winning a whole bunch. (laughs) It was just the other way around. Like we saw them as rivals, but, um, but, uh, I don't know. They might have a little bit of it now. Um, I I do feel like they've suffered some pretty, pretty rough ones at our hands. They also beat us in more points. 99 concern it. They were the, (laughs) they were the ultimate victors of that stupid team. All right um, let's see Max board, who also might be new I don't have we had Max before? Um, you know what when you see. don't read the questions most of the time, you don't always <laughs> catch all the names ah, uh, Quay Walker was asked what was different about this game and he said, I just feel like we bought in I- we bought into the plan. a lot of guys didn't come in here with a different mindset. We don't like that call or whatever the case might be just buying in controlling what we can control. Could that mean that players were freelancing and leaving holes where Barry couldn't have possibly anticipated or controlled? If that's no longer the case, is it possible the performances against Minnesota and Chicago are more replicable than we thought? Provided the clip from Quay, but we can't play it because we're on a podcast. Um, Maybe. Matt, why are you staring like that? I'm just,
2: <laughs> okay. Like, Players don't buy in if they don't believe in the system. Right. And like, oh, we don't like that call or whatever the case may be, just buying in, controlling what we can control. Um, That just sounds more like he takes players' opinions into account nowadays, like he did at the end
1: of last season when he saved his job. Yeah, (laughs) I think that's part of it. The other thing with defense is... You might so there's there's two aspects here. If guys are freelancing, it is possible guys are freelancing because they just feel like freelancing. It hasn't been drilled into them that they you know need to keep to their roles for the defense to work. Uh, maybe, uh, what Matt just said is true that they're not believing in the defense altogether, etc. There's another part of this too though, which is, uh, if your teammates fail enough in their responsibilities freelancing starts to happen to cover um the gaps that they leave and most of the time with bad defenses that's kind of how things trickle out of control it's that you'll have one linebacker who's just missing his responsibilities so the safety cheats up to cover for that guy missing his responsibilities and that that area gets picked on and it just kind of spirals out of control so um it's not necessarily always the defensive coordinator not instilling belief in the system it can also be the players uh, not able to execute it to such a level that the players on the field feel they have to compensate for people that's a big problem too however i think this defense is pretty talented and i don't know i think that quay walker quote does raise a lot of questions too <laughs> um, <laughs> And and i do also wonder like what is the Jair alexander context uh, in that quote as well because he does like to freelance and he will get himself out of position and i wonder uh, a little bit if that's part of what's what's being contemplated there because this was alexander's game back post-suspension and i do think he did play his role a little bit better than he typically does so that too it's complicated Is the long answer to that
2: calm down facebook status 2008
1: yeah all right <laughs> matt would you like to read the danish cheese head
2: Yes, I'll read the Danish cheese head. But also, I want to bring up the fact that uh, one of the raffle prizes at uh, Trinity th- during this game was a Wisconsin Kringle, which I have never seen in person. Oh, that really? It's so freaking big. Oh my god!
1: <laughs> how big was it? It's... Out of curiosity, I want to know how authentic it was. Like a tire... um,
2: It was. How can it was probably like. If if it was a circle instead of an oval, yeah. it would have been a, like a twelve inch diameter.
1: Oh yeah, that's about right. Okay, yeah, that was real.
2: Yep. Okay. Uh, Dan- sorry. The, sorry. The, the Danish put right. that at the yes. front of my mind.
1: They're very similar pastries. I got gotcha. you.
2: Th- isn't it? is not it technically a
1: Danish? I. What is technically a Danish?
2: A donut without a hole. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: it's got a hole though.
2: Uh, yeah. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> So no. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Something along the lines of Max Bord, but with a twist. <laughs> At some point during the season where the defense really struggled, I vaguely remember that Matt LaFleur said he would engage in the defensive game planning. Might we be lent more locker room credibility to Barry wait, oh, to, to Barry to stop Gary, Anikbari, Alexander, and Nixon from financing or big plays?
1: And sticking to their job instead. Sorry. You cut yeah. off for a second. Kansas oh, Oklahoma sorry. Gotcha. My bad. Um, um, yeah, uh, didn't we just kind of talk about this? We did. I think we kind of answered it, and um, maybe it's it's possible that there. Is, so there may have been a reckoning. It's it's a thing that might have happened, but we don't know. There's no way to tell. And uh, honestly, reckoning is such a good word. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like I, I wrote a thing uh, on the, the 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 apex of the berry firing, you know, desire of the fan base out there that was. You know, if you want to keep them around, what you need to do is something along these lines. Like, uh, you need to basically convince the players, like, Joe's going to be gone. Uh, We still need to finish the season. So, you know, I'm in charge. Here's the guys who are going to implement. Talk to them. Something like that, maybe not that exact thing, but might have happened. The other thing, though, is, like, the defense hasn't been that much better down the stretch. Like, I, I feel like a lot of these questions are based on the theory that the Packers drastically improved on defense, like after Christmas or so, or around that time period. But, like, this team gave up 30 points to the Panthers, guys. Like, that's a thing that happened, um, you know, post reckoning. And yeah, they shut down the Vikings, but that Vikings team, like, Jaron Hall is awful. I think if Nick Mullins or um, Josh Dobbs plays that game instead, they probably score quite a bit more points. A- and the Buccaneers, um, Tore them apart too So I don't know where this Not only th-
2: tore them apart, had the first ever perfect passer rating in Yeah, Lambeau Field in
1: Lambeau history. Field So I don't know where this notion is That like uh, everybody was mad at Joe Barry And then all of a sudden this defense drastically improved That's not a thing that happened Like They've been good against a Bears team That is atrocious And a Vikings team <laughs> that was playing Their third string quarterback That they clearly don't believe in anymore So um, they're still bad at defense That's still a thing that's a problem <laughs> with the team.
2: Uh, I believe in my most recent article I said that they improved from the worst defense in the league to only kind of bad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, that's probably accurate.
2: But the one thing they did that
3: you've talked about a few times, at least against the Bears, which that only means so much, is the, on third down they were not giving the big cushion. They were yes. trying to get off yeah. the field or give up the first, like give up a big play. They were playing tighter and not giving field's time yes they did play, five or whatever
1: they played a good game they did they did against the bears play a good game i completely agree My my big problem is that they do it sometimes like the rams they also played a good game they played a very similar style of game i <laughs> want to if they do it against dallas uh, then we'll have more to talk about but we'll it's see. true because the bears only mean so much that's right ah all right rob regis our last patreon question of the week does this team need to add to the wide receiver room, given Watson's inability to stay healthy?
2: <sighs> I mean, I would love a, a true deep threat that's not just like Bo Melton.
1: Right. Um, Bo's, Bo can run fast, but he's not like a outside burner. It would be nice to have like a, a Watson light of some kind. That would be good. Hey, I think MVS is going to be a free agent. No, no, no. no. Absolutely not. He's cooked. I like MVS. <laughs> I think he did well for himself, but he's cooked.
2: Also, I very much like MVS the person. Yeah. Like, like he's a cool dude, and I like his dogs on Instagram, and so I, I root for him. But, yeah, I don't want him back on the team.
1: And the thing is, also, like, there's not really a place for another backup wide receiver. Like, ideally, you would want, like, starting Watson, you know, Uh, or uh, just a random extra roster space where you could have like a backup guy, like you have kind of Melton and Reed, you know, teamed up. Wix is an all-around guy. He's not a deep threat either. Um, But I don't really think they need to add to the wide receiver room. They have a ton of depth. They certainly don't need to do with a veteran. Uh, Like you can grab some late round burner and just see if you can plug him in as a, you know, a nine route guy every once in a while. Maybe a guy can return kicks or punts or something, too. I don't know. Um, But the wide receiver room, I think, is the last of our worries at the moment. Like they're fine when they're hurt. They've done great. So, yeah. You know,
2: Jeff Janis is just like retreading tires in Tawas, Michigan.
1: (laughs) He's just waiting there for that opportunity <laughs> to saying. pop up. All right. Um, I think we could probably call it there. Yeah. yeah. Screw Blue Sky. <laughs> <laughs> I like Blue Sky, but man, we have 30 Patreon questions. So we got to get this done oh, and edit buckets. and stuff, and it's already late. So, uh, all right. What do you guys, uh, before we go, first of all, Tim, you want to pl- plug your, your pod one more time?
3: yeah sure so uh, i've got a website tech hockey guide and then the podcast is chasing mcnaughton uh, for all of you that aren't really hockey fans at all i still recommend going back and finding an episode we did in december called matriarch we interviewed the 90 some year old uh, wife of michigan tech legend john McInnes, um, and had a really good time just talking to her about everything so
2: that was cool
1: nice all right and matt you got anything i know you have the props of course which is great. yeah.
2: So I I, uh, I continue to write just absolutely unhinged betting content for every <laughs> Company. Company. Uh, where during the opening uh, opening line article this week, I referred to Jerry World as the oil baron retracto dome.
1: Very nice. <laughs> All right. So, um.
2: But yeah. But you know, as always, guys, uh, call your best friend. Tell him you love him. It's not too late until it actually is. Open your best bottles. Life is
1: short. Yeah. And before we go, what do you guys think of the game? Think we're winning? Think we're losing? I think we cover. I think we cover. <laughs> <laughs> right. What is it, seven and a half? Seven and a yeah, half. It's seven yeah,
2: seven and a half now.
3: Yeah, I agree with that. All I right. don't know if we're going to win, but it should be fun.
1: Yeah, I, I actually also on tally site picked uh, us to cover, but Dallas to win. So <laughs> I guess we're unanimous there to some extent. Um, all right. As for me, um, my shepherd column should be up right now. I am the regular season champion at uh, Tallysite, which is where all welcome of the, to the club, friend. Yes, all of the SB Nation and uh, various other sports writing outlets uh, force the writers to make picks against the spread, or uh, you could do a whole bunch of different things. I always do it against the spread and the money line uh, every week and i had the number one performance <laughs> so uh, i put no effort into it whatsoever i'm not good at picking games but like there's guys for the athletic mike florio's on there so i beat all them at, at picking games this year so yay yeah, me uh, minipod will of course be on friday as per usual when they get to dallas's tendencies uh but yeah that'll do it enjoy the game on we're on sunday right it's sunday 4:30. 30. yeah all right so, yeah, i come into sunday. the house put on a pot of coffee Walk the floors a little while Set your postcard on the table With all the others like it I start picking through the pile
5: I check the pictures and the address And the captions and the stamps For signs of any pattern at all
0: When I come up empty-handed The feeling almost overwhelms me I let a few of my defenses fall a bitter smile. It's not a pretty sight to see. I think about a railroad platform
5: back in 1983 and I remember the train head south out of Bangkok down, down to the
1: water. Perfectly designed for high volume, high speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C L A U D E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic.
0: The current podcast is back with an exciting new season featuring marketing executives from the world's most influential brands.